Hello and welcome into the PHNX Rising podcast. Bit different now. I'm having to open it up today because Max is not here. That's right. We've got no ad man. We do instead have the man himself, Discount Jake. It's Jake Anderson. Hello. What's up, Bo? Thanks for having me. That was you weren't quite sure how to respond to that one, were you then? I'm not you used tell to the hesitancy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not used to it. I don't mind it though. It's a good shot. <laughs> we haven't had you in for a uh when did you last come into the studio? You came when I was away, didn't you? Yeah. I was I was looking back through my calendar. It was a Wednesday too, so it wasn't a even Wednesday. a normal day. It was the day one. it was July fifth. That's why it was July fourth. Uh, it was a Tuesday. Yes, no, that would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. But welcome in. We got a lot to talk about and uh obviously not all of it's gonna be good. Uh we know what happened on the weekend. We should probably start there, shouldn't we? Phoenix Rising falling 1-0 against RGV. It was ugly. Um, I know that I got off some steam on the pod and, and after the game on Twitter, kind of talking about weird things were just frustrating to watch that team. I know a lot of you guys who are in the chat now were in the chat then as well. And yeah, it was... Honestly, just one of, I think, look, we, we could talk about where does it rank in terms of some of the worst performances we've seen. Unfortunately, over these last two years, it feels like we've been racking some of those up. But just coming off of a 5-0 win to then go and play so poorly away to RGV, it was just really, really disappointing to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, when you know our, our group text with with Jose Bosch, I, I said it was a I said it was a snooze fest, and it, it just it wasn't an exciting game at all. The chance creation was lacking, and against a team like RGV that just isn't a good team, like it's a, it's a team that you absolutely have to get a result against, at least a point, at least a point, especially as we get into the latter stages of the season. You're fighting for a playoff spot. And these are the tiny bit teams where you can no longer afford to drop points because you do have other teams coming up that you almost expected to drop points against or expect to. So now you have to get those points to come back from somewhere. But it, it all comes down to what we've seen this all year. It's just inconsistent performances. And and when the performance is not even... Cre- like, it's one thing if you had 30 shots, hit the post twice, you're testing the keeper left and right. You were up a man for over 45 minutes. <laughs> And you, you probably should have lost 2-0. Probably. You know, the it, one that hits the post, it, yeah. Like, it it, it just, it, it's dumbfounding that the the consistency just straight up just doesn't exist. It, it's, it's getting to a frustrating point now. It is, it is. Well, some of that inconsistency you can kind of explain away by just what we saw with RGV being a very different team in some ways. It kind of nullified what, what Rising were able to do when you compare it to what we saw in in the game prior where Danny Trail was able to work his way behind lines. We actually do have, a, I believe, a graphic here of just the passes that Danny, when they were playing him in that kind of number nine role, what he received in that first half. And what you see here is just a whole lot of not really much feeding the ball to him in dangerous areas, let's be honest. Right, and, and, and you did touch on this as well um, on Saturday that it was a game that you could foresee tactically how it was going to be played. Right, you were gonna have an RGV team that wasn't going to come out and play as as much as as other teams would, um, and so you weren't gonna get Danny in behind the same way. And you you saw that Manu had to come on immediately at halftime, but it 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 it's just it's it's concerning that it's the possession that they had. You're up a man, and you weren't able to get your most prolific player uh, this season by far in, in Danny Trejo any chance creation like there, there was really really no way to get him involved in the way that you should have he obviously did get on the ball and did have chances but it 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 was just a just a like i said a, a snooze fest of, of a game because like nothing happened that was on from rising's point of view to to give you any confidence that they were ever going to pull anything out of that game no, absolutely. I mean, if you look at, again, the service in towards Danny Trejo, Panos Armanakis didn't complete a single pass, would you believe, in the entire game to Danny Trejo. That I now, can believe. He goes off at halftime, obviously, so that, that limits it. Federico Varela completes four to Trejo over the course of the game. I mean, it, it's, it's just not much... There, there was no real, like anything to be honest they were giving him to work with there so even if there was any stage an opportunity where maybe he could put the magic on a little bit there's, there's just nothing that was being given to him right and, and and as soon as rgv loses loses a man there you knew from the from that point on they're gonna pack it in 
and they already weren't really coming out and trying to play anyway. And they get a, they get a, not an early goal, but they do get a first half goal. And so it's one of those to where, okay, what is, what is plan B going to be now? Because now we know we're playing a team that's just going to be sitting back, which I mean, just over the yeah. years has always been, has been rising issue when they play teams that just sit back. But we, you know, we thought with, with Juan's system being possession based, the connectivity, the chances, there's been a difference over the course of this season to where there have been some games where, yes, the scoreline might say that they did nothing, but you could see on the pitch that it was there. The creativity was there. They were connected. They just didn't put the ball in the net. But this game, this performance, like you said, to start off the show, this is one of the worst performances that we've seen. And it just, you, you didn't, like, the, if the opposing keeper doesn't break a sweat, no, not what, at all. what do you expect to happen? Yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to come away with nothing. And that's exactly what they did. It was a wasted trip to Texas. It was, it was. I mean, you, you look at some of the chance creation more broadly as well. Um, it's not lucky race for this one here, but only one rising shot produced more than 0.1 XG. They had one reasonable opportunity. That was a Stenberg header in the first half. So the entire second half, they don't create a single chance that would be expected to go in more than 10% of the time. And they took very few chances anyway in that half. It just all adds up to they, there's not very much there at all, it felt like. I mean, yeah, they make the change. There's no um real, like, there was no real crossing in, in reasonable ways, I think. No movement has been mentioned in the in the chat there. I mean, again, you, you look at some players who just weren't whipping crosses in. I, I We mentioned them on the post-game show on, uh, on Saturday, but Eddie Manjoma didn't have a single cross. He's a wing back. I, I mean, you, you've got to actually try and whip that ball in there. You you can't just expect that you're going to... How else are you getting it in there when they're going to play deep? There's no movement really off the ball. Um, it just... I think it's... It, you took... Or not you, but Juan took what the blueprint was from the previous game where... You scored early. Danny gets in behind seemingly every time he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And you took, you, and I get that if it's not broke, don't fix it mentality. But, you know, before two matches ago, you know, Manuel Arteaga was your leading goal scorer. You go in, Danny gets in behind countless times. He has four goal contributions. He's player of the week. So you use that same blueprint for this game. And from a tactical perspective, RGV was prepared for that. We knew, we knew, I mean, to a degree, right? They, every time you hear a coach, be it Rick, be it Juan talking about RGV, they talk about the fact that Wilmer's a good coach, right? But any good coach is going to, they're, they're going to know that your main threat is Danny Trejo running behind lines. They're going to adapt to that. And especially if they're coming in tired off a Wednesday game, they're not going to, you know, they know they're going to lose those foot races. So you're going to sit deeper and try and snuff him out that way. Exactly. And I, and I think the shocking point to me was not having Manu start that game. Like, yes, you you did bring him on at halftime, and it still didn't really create much. So you could argue in a way, would that have even made a difference? But to have him on for an extra 45 minutes, maybe he can create space for Panos to find Danny Trejo. I mean, it, but we have noticed, I will say this is something I've noticed since Panos's arrival. If Panos isn't turning the lock, if he isn't that guy, the entire game, is yeah. pretty much shot. Yeah. And, and it, and it kind of comes down to like, is, is the whole system coming down to whether Panos is on or not? Like, is that, is this what this team comes down to? Is it, is if, if Panos is not having a game, is the team pretty much going to have they, to find I'm, something I mean, from that's, somewhere? That's the thing, right? They struggle when, when the opposition aren't really fearing Panos in a certain game, they do struggle, right? And they, other teams have, have feared Panos in particular because I mean, you look at his stats, you look at him as one of the top assists uh, creators in the league, in, uh, one of the top chance creators in the league as well, um, despite the fact that he's had to move teams partway through the season as well. Um, and then you, uh, you look at the other players on Rising's team, and I, I tend to think that guys like your Fede Varela, yeah, they can create chances, but if you're not giving them the the kind of platform to build on by having the opposition focusing on Panos and it gives them maybe that little bit extra space that little bit extra freedom to kind of work out what they're going to do with it 
then they struggle. I mean, Fede Varela has, I think he's been better in recent weeks than what we saw earlier in the season. But again, still, this is someone who was touted to be a very, very good player who was coming in, who was going to turn heads by, quite frankly, even the fact that Rising had managed to sign him was what we were hearing. I mean, well, that's what I was hearing. I'm sure you heard the exact same thing back in preseason. And that just hasn't transpired. Um, I, I mean, look, as we look to all of these things, there is, I tell you what, we'll toss back a minute. We've got a, a clip from Juan from the weekend that we didn't play um, on the post-game show. So uh, this one, as of yet unheard, you guys will be the first to hear it. And he kind of talks about just some of the struggles they had there, that maybe the lack of urgency and, and all of that. Let's have a listen. What bothers me more is the performance and not so much, yeah, the result hurts. And the results, is, it should have been a win over here. We came over here to win. But you cannot win with a performance like this. So it, it has to be better. The guys are trying, but the execution, is, it wasn't clean today. The, the execution was not clean. The decision-making at times um, was not good. So it's more of that. We needed more urgency at times. We're going forward. There's will. There's hard work. But you got to connect the will, the hard work with, with urgency, with, with good decision-making, with, with good uh, technical executions and tactical understanding. And when you connect those, you put yourself in a, in a position to have a good performance that leads to a good result. Tonight, we were lacking a few of those, and that's why the result was what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because you hear, and I, part of the reason I wanted to play this, right, is that I feel as though there's a bit of a, a disconnect here behind what Juan is saying there and what a lot of people have been uh, kind of throwing at the players um, about a lack of effort and all of that. Look, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a lack of effort. I think that's often one of the lazier kind of tropes that gets no, thrown they're, they're out pros. there. There's, there's always effort. Yeah. But at the same time... It, it was poor, and right? I mean, quite where you draw that line between those two is always an interesting one. Um, I, I, I just think that for whatever reason, the players that were out there on that particular game, just their, their heads weren't, I don't know if it was just they weren't thinking quickly enough um, in those moments. I don't know if it was... I mean, I mean, look, tiredness isn't an excuse. RGV had played... A full game on on, on Wednesday road, that on the road. I mean, yeah, I was only up at San Antonio, but that's still that's still adding more to the legs there. Um, and of course, not only that, they had to play with ten men for an entire um, entire half of that game. Which again, look, it's frustrating. Um, I think the, the the point there in the chat is correct. It was more lack of ideas, um, and that manifests itself in the lack of movement as well. Um, but Overall, it, it just... I think I it goes know. back to having what you said about having the right players on the field at the right time. Uh, I agree with the chat that Pano should not have come off. I tweeted that in live time. Um, I don't think... And, and to what Michael said, I, I think I don't think that Manu should have started for Danny. I think that uh, Manu should have started for Fede. And that way you can have both of them up there and you allow Danny, Manu, and Panos to all be on the field together. We did not see that. We did not give that opportunity. That was not, we couldn't see that. And those are probably your three best, three best attacking players possible. You need them together. You, Danny, and I've been saying it all year, we've had this conversation on and off camera. Danny provides you something that Manu doesn't and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You give both of those options. Danny will not be able to help you in the air. Manu can. They can take guys off of each other. Panos can then pick which one he can get to. It it, it creates more than than what we were able to see. Uh, maybe for from Hans' perspective, Fede was uh, someone that he saw in that particular matchup. I don't know. Back to what you said about when he was signed, I I will say Fede has been rather disappointing because I I did have you know someone within Phoenix Rising's organization send me a graphic that showed that they rated him as the fifth best passer in the entire world according to their metrics and up there was Neymar. I mean, th- th- this is a guy that they thought is one of the best players in the world in terms of who they could get. And and I haven't seen that. You got to take that with a pinch of salt. Of course, I think that's what we've seen. Exactly. Has proven exactly. that in some ways. Um, but maybe you're just trying to give the guy confidence, you know, because mm-hmm. that's something that any, any footballer can't play without. If you don't have it, no matter how skilled you are, if you don't have confidence, you're never going to perform. So maybe that was the option and the chance that they were trying to give. Um, uh, to Fede, but I, I would be 
I would be highly doubtful to see Panos not play 90 minutes this upcoming weekend. I tend to agree. You know what, Michael, I've got some views on what you're putting in the chat there, but we'll get to that in a minute as we talk more about the, the consistency or, or lack thereof from this team. Because first of all, we've got to talk instead about our good friends at Circle K. You can check out your local Circle K. They got coffee, beer, snacks, good gas. I mean, we've stopped at the uh, the Circle K by here, I believe, once, haven't we? Probably. I'm sure. I, I, yeah, but I have a quite a few. There's times one literally after... right down by here from yeah, after, our studio. After D-backs games, I've exactly. had to, I've had to go over. There we go. There we go. So make sure to head on down there as well. I know a lot of you probably still have some of those gas cards actually that um they were giving out at the at the game a few probably about a month or so ago. Um, they were giving out gas cards, so I still I, I'm making the most of it. I'm down there getting my ten cents off a gallon. Oh, and the new Especially. admin. Yeah, I am the new admin, apparently. But make sure as well, when you hop in there, of course, you can pick up a Polar Pop. They stay cold longer. It is very hot out there, so make sure that you are staying cool with a Polar Pop. And you can get a buy one, get one free offer on those 32-ounce Polar Pops. Make sure you're not missing out. Text PHNX to 31310 to join the SMS Subscriber Club, and you get that buy one, get one free offer on those Polar Pops. There. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting some stick in the chat now. This is great. I feel like Max. I feel like Max. But I am, of course, also, while we're here, enjoying the Four Peaks. And uh, rumor has it that Max will be showing up for a certain bus to a certain uh, Nevada city on Saturday. And he Ooh. may be owing some alcohol. So he will be uh, bringing some a box or maybe more of Four Peaks. He, he promised on Saturday he would do so. I'm going to hold him to that um and yeah make sure as well if you are doing so what's we got the sunbrew here we got the uh green tea sh uh shots there as well there's plenty more that lager it's it's a nice one, actually the green tea shot one well, max always talks end about that one i've had it here with him it's definitely it's uh it's not bad it's different definitely different but that's not a bad thing. Um, it's much like, I mean, look, when you look at Kilt Lifter, you can't get something like that really at any of the other Arizona breweries here. So always make sure to stock up on your four peaks. Of course, wow, I haven't even mentioned wow. Because Max doesn't stock up the fridge with wows here, unfortunately. <laughs> we need some more wows. Max, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, more wows in the fridge. We need them. I don't want to just be drinking the Suns Brew as much as I do enjoy that one as well. Make sure to check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub on social media to keep up with their latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. You must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and remember to please drink responsibly. Right, let's talk about consistency. And we're what we've not been seeing. Yeah, yeah, and Reese, no, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not adding my name to the jingle now. Max is in the jingle. Um, <laughs> right, we need to talk about consistency and, and the lack thereof that we've seen from Phoenix Rising. To me, and, and this is where actually if we go a little bit back further up in the chat um i know michael was kind of commenting on where is it now but you can't mess with yours a little bit further down please produce it yeah, you said you can't mess with yeah, the, can't mess after a five with the yeah yeah um the, where is it there you can't mess with the attack after a five goal game i i somewhat disagree because i think that's presuming that every team approaches games in a similar way in this league, which they don't. And that's where some of my concern comes in. And I, I know I've said this before, but I'm going to reiterate it now. To me, I understand that plan A is you want to find ways that make Danny Trejo dangerous. Yes. You want to find ways that he's going to be able to break behind those lines. He's going to be able to be dangerous and um, that you're going to be able to let him do what he does, which is get into those one-on-ones with the goalkeepers. He's going to find his... You know, he doesn't miss those when really when he gets into one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. So you want to find ways to put him in that position. But at the same time, if that's your only real plan, everyone in the league knows that that's the plan. There are teams like RGV that can defend quite stoutly there um, and do and vegas when you're going in with that being your only real idea and i mean i'm worried then about the weekend as well with vegas Vegas if, if is the, the same, same way exactly right and the problem is always you let teams like that hang around they will find a goal or at the very least you're dropping points because you can't score I, I i'm just concerned here that if there's not a, a much more viable 
plan B in place that involves how you work things out when you can't find Danny Trejo behind those lines. The plan A just isn't going to work. The only way plan A works consistently is when they know that they have to plan for other things as well. Or you score just, early. Or you score early. That's the other one. Sometimes you take advantage of a, a little bit of a slip up there and it, it does help you out. But it's just... <sighs> I think plan A is score early. Uh, yeah. And but then there, that, there, that there was a plan be, last should, year as well. There should be three plans, at least, throughout a game. Score early is the first one, because then that allows you to do whatever the, whatever the hell you want. If that doesn't work, and it's and it's the 65th, 70th minute, and it's still nil-nil, or even if you are losing, you should be able to find a different way, bring on a different guy that's going to change how you've been playing. Not drastically, but just a tad. Whether that's you bringing on a winger to then overload a side, to then start whipping balls in or creating 1v1s or mismatches or overloads. Now, granted, you're going to you're, you're going to have to take risks. Mm-hmm. Like, you're getting to the point of the season to where one point, no matter who you're playing, is not going to be enough. Like, I know uh, we still- only, I'd say there's a handful of games whereby that, it probably is. So, it, it, for example, on the opponent. Sacramento, yes. yes. When you're playing other teams that are in that yes. kind of fifth downwards, no. But no, RGV, yeah. Las Vegas... It, Definitely it, not in those games. I, I get you're on the road, and they know that the old adage is win at home and draw on the road. But like you're getting to the point of the season where Vegas has two wins, and you're one of them, and it was at your own place. Just Yeah. Like, it... it, it and I know it's 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 this upcoming Saturday. We're still talking about RGV, but they are, they're going to play similarly. Vegas has never played offensively. They have mm-hmm. always. Danny Trejo made his name at Vegas. He did it against Rising all the time. Mm-hmm. Like this is exactly how Vegas did, and the type of player Danny Trejo is thrived because he could get in one v one. He could get in behind, and then you had Cal Jennings on the other side, mm-hmm. right? And look what he's doing in Tampa. So it it. It, you that third plan has to be changing the way you've been playing if you are in fact losing or if you're tied. Now, if you're knocking on the door for 20 minutes and it's just one of those games where the ball won't go in, you tip your cap. But you should have 20 shots. You should have eight on target. You should have the uh, keeper that's, make that's the four thing, or five right? saves. I think if you get to that end of that RTV game, and yes, okay, at the point that the red card is shown, you say this team has to walk out with a draw realistically at the minimum. That's the minimum. You have to at least equalize. It's not good enough to be walking away with a loss. At the same time, if Tyler Derrick had completely stood on his head in that second half, and you, you're just standing there scratching your head wondering how have they not managed to come away with something here? That's different. Instead, where they just wondering what on earth is going on? Why can't they create chances after a week where they score five goals? But that this this just I think a lot in there. And I mean, even reading some of Michael stuff there about Fede earned a start after that El Paso game. I'm not sure that I always like the logic of just a player earning a start off their performance in one game. When again, you've got to approach these games smarter than that. The league is not what it was four years ago, five years ago, when you just batter some of these teams and do it week after week after week after week. The level is rising. The tactical level is rising as well. You have to be able to adapt in part for your opponent. You're not just going out. You are not Landon Donovan claiming that you go out there and do whatever you want to do every week after week because, you know, we're, we're different than other teams. We don't pay attention to, to what other teams do. We just don't want to do what we do ourselves. That's just not smart. You've got to be able, and we've seen one adapt on times. We know that they do pay attention to these things. You've got to be reacting and again you become predictable if you don't change exactly exactly <laughs> and, and to me that's also where then the inconsistencies start creeping in because other people have adapted to you yeah meanwhile yeah. we got thomas in here level is rising but the phoenix is not <laughs> he's not wrong also suggesting greg hurst for atiaga swap that one's a little bit more uh but it's it's one of those that, like every every player goes through good and bad form mm-hmm. right what is it you know, uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. Like, indeed, indeed, indeed. Like, it, it, it you've had a bad month. He got a red in 10 minutes. So, he had to, like, he didn't play two games in the month because he got a red in 10 minutes for a stupid decision. Mm-hmm. It, it, again, we don't have, it's gone and he's back and he's eligible to play now. But it, 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 you have a guy who had 11 goals, you know, three weeks ago, which was, you know, second or third on the scoring charts. Danny has, in his absence, stepped up and 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 taken on that role. 
We've seen that they can play together. You have two top five guys in the whole league in terms of scoring and goal contributions. I mean, you have the firepower. You have what it takes. They need to be playing together with Panos, your your, your best assistant. Like, you you can't have... You're mm-hmm. losing, and you had an opportunity to have your best three offensive players together, and you, for whatever reason, didn't take that opportunity. It has to be done now going forward. And if that doesn't work, then 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 you can throw out the kitchen sink and, and figure something out. But what you said about Eddie not having a cross in when, I mean, he goes up more so than I've seen Darnell go up in the last few weeks, and it's just, and then we know, and it was. Weird to see when Eddie scored a couple weeks ago. That was only his second goal yeah. of the whole year. It yeah. felt like he had scored more, right? But he got. It's because of that shows mentally to us how often he's involved in the attack. If he's not involved, if Panos isn't involved, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna get a performance that you got at RGB. Yeah, and and that's I I think it goes down to multiple parts. Then it's about the fact they weren't stretching them really. Which, when you're playing a, a, a 10-man team, yeah, I know they're bunkering in, but you've still got to find ways of stretching them out a little bit here. Um, I like Jed's point I, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Danny works against a high line. Man is better when teams are playing back and you cross it in. This is the only person strike from distance. Yeah, um, I, I think it's not, not entirely wrong. Um, look, it, it, it's just one of those things whereby... Again, and uh, Michael, I, I'm going back to the the point I feel like we've been making here uh, quite a bit in here, whereby you've got to take each game on their own merits and not always assume that everything from other games is always relevant here. I mean, we, we've played them together before, it didn't work right, but we, again, if you know that Danny trying to get in behind isn't going to work, then yeah <laughs> at that point what you're doing is just kind of headbutting a wall hoping that eventually that's gonna knock it down you're not you're not you're gonna be falling on the flat ground concussed well before that point but danny can go out wide danny can drop in and play as a as a 10 underneath artiaga and you could play with a double 10 with panos like you can do some different things to try to get danny involved to use his pace, to use his ability to beat guys 1v1, sucks in another defender, and then opens up space for an overlapping Eddie, or maybe Manu gets him behind. Like, th- like there are different things you can do with these guys to try to do different uh, attacking options, because at the end of the day, right, and again, we've had two games where they scored 11 goals, but mm-hmm. Rising is what, the sixth highest scoring team in the league? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's kind of dumbfounding when you realize, like, they are, it's, and I think it's fourth in the West, it, it there are a good attacking team on paper, and then you just see the performance that you saw against a ten man RGV for forty nine fifty plus minutes with stoppage time. It's it, it's a frustrating result. More than forty nine fifty minutes. He added eight minutes onto the second half. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just counting at the end of the first, but it, it coming Saturday. I mean, it, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's the same team essentially that you're playing. Yeah, in, in my opinion, just worse. Exactly. Like and they're worse at doing it, but they're, they're still trying to, probably going to try and do the similar thing. I, I don't see any way that those those three that we've mentioned, Danny, Manu, Panos, they have to all start. There's yeah. no way you can't. You, mm-hmm. you need three points. Mm-hmm. You, got, like, you, you should have come away with, from these two games. I'm, it's not a road trip because they came home, right? But like from these two road games, you had to get at least four. Now yeah. the max is three. Yeah. It, it, you got to get points, man. You're running out of time. Indeed, indeed. I'll, I'll address two more questions in here. Why are our set pieces so bad? Really look like scoring from free kicks. Not having Manu on the field hurts set pieces. It, it does. It does. I won't disagree with that. I mean, there are a couple of other people who can also do things, I think, on some of those set pieces that we haven't always seen um, getting as involved. I mean, Carlos knows how to win a header. Um, obviously, he will not be available this coming weekend. That's going to be a concern from Phoenix Rising's perspective. He's been called up for an out-of-window friendly for Panama, one of only three players uh, from outside of the uh, Panamanian domestic leagues to be called up to that friendly. Um, But that's going to obviously cause some problems there for Phoenix Rising. Um, Just thinking about some other people as well. I mean, we have seen Danny get up at times. Um, it's not as good as you'd expect. He's not got the same aerial presence as, as Manuel Arteaga and wouldn't, shouldn't be expected to. Um, but I, I'd broadly agree. And I mean, even uh, even when you look at not shots... Not having Kev really, is not going to help either. 
It's not going to help. Really, really doesn't help. There's one other uh, question in there. It was just above that one from Banidia's Blue Bid. So if Rising has the players to get it done, does the fault for the tactical failures fall to one? This is, this is where we now get into some of these discussions. I think come the end of the season, Phoenix Rising, they've got to be in a playoff position. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the bar. That's the bar. And it's kind of where I've set it all season, right? Which is that there needs to be an improvement over last year. And the improvement in this sense is make the playoffs. Once they've made 100%. the playoffs, now they've got to build on that for next season. I think next season has to be the minimum, then becomes the must-make-home playoff first round. You've got to be top four in the West. Um, or ho however, USL decides to shake it out because they change this format every year, seemingly. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, the, the table's still pretty tight. It is. It's incredibly tight. I mean, After it's, the top two or three teams, maybe it's even top four teams, there is... There, there's so much there that you... you it's There's so little between the teams. So many people that you, you're wondering as you look at it. This team could finish fourth, or they could finish 11th. And there's not a whole lot between any of those. I mean, fourth place at the moment, nine points actually separate fourth po uh, place and 11th place. Exactly. And uh, one thing from the tactical conversation with Juan is we saw in the beginning it was a lot of pointless possession, we called it, right? Mm -hmm. I get if you're in your own half, you have to be safe with the passes, and we've seen them not be safe and shoot themselves in the foot and be penalized for that. But when you have the ball in the attacking third, it becomes a point of... Yes, you want to keep the ball, but at some point you have to play the risky pass because the risk is then worth it. Mm -hmm. The juice is worth the squeeze at that point. If you get on the end of it, it's a chance. It's a goal. And if not, you got to make the keeper work. Maybe he parries it away. Maybe it's a rebound for an easy tap in, right? We actually did see that on a free kick. I, I forget who it was against, but it was just, a. I think it was Carlos Harvey who ended up scoring. He smashed it into the roof of the net. And it was all because of a, a free kick, right? You test. That's the point of testing the keeper. Make him make a play, whether it's crosses, whether it's shots, whether it's in behind passes. But you just, I get it. It's like, okay, that's a 50-50 ball. We can keep it if we keep swinging it around. But eventually, if you keep swinging it around, one of those passes is going to be errant because it just, mm -hmm. it's just how this club operates. I think if you play more forward balls, I'm not saying long balls, I'm not saying route one, I'm saying you're in the final third, and instead of going like around the horn and just swinging it from side to side, put the ball in the box. Good things happen when you put the ball in the box. It forces the defense to play. You have to have the defense. I mean, we've seen Crutzen make some bad errors this mm -hmm. year for rising just because he was challenged. Do that to the other team. Like it, it, it will bode better for you in terms of scoring goals, which at the end of the day is the reason why we're having this whole conversation. Indeed, indeed. Um, I mean, it's, it's pointed out there, uh, Juan's one-year anniversary today. Wow. So Is it really? Yeah, that does sound about right, actually. I'm pretty sure he's appointed on the 22nd last year. So, yes, that would be correct. It's a year. It would Since. make sense because today's Tuesday, and I remember ASU's press conference for football was happening, and those were always on Mondays. Mm -hmm. On August 22nd, 2022, Phoenix Rising FC named Juan Guerra as its new coach after finalizing an agreement with Oakland Roots. What a trade that was. It has been was. a year. It has been a whole year. I still feel but like we've seen some improvement from this point last year, though. Oh, 100%. I was literally just about to say they're better than they were a year ago, but they're not as good as I thought they'd be. I know. It's it's interesting, again, because I just think, yeah, we saw this team. We saw some of the players signed. I think there was a lot of optimism around some of the signings. Um, I, I mean, we, we constantly bring up Fede, but it's not just Fede. I think overall some of these players are better than some of the performances that we've seen On from paper. Them. Mm -hmm. This team, this team should be in the top of the table. Maybe, I maybe not, in that maybe not in first, about. but definitely top the top three. four. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. They should be host. Four. They should be a hosting a playoff game based on how skilled they are on paper. And if you look where they are on the tables in the charts in terms of Rocco is one of the best keepers in the league. Danny is the leading goal scorer, and I think is in third place or second place in terms of goal contributions. He's in second. I mean, we got all these players that equal everything that would tell you that the team is successful, but then you look at the table and you're like, this is the most mediocre team. Like they're just the definition of average. They're, they're, they're good one week. They're awful the next. 
at home away. I don't know which team's going to show up. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I wasn't going to engage anymore, Michael. I'm sorry, but I am going to have to here. The only way you're going to beat a team that's going to sit back and defend is off a counter. They were never going to commit numbers to let you get a counter off. How do you counter a team looking to counter? That, that was them. They weren't looking to hugely possess the ball. They weren't looking to commit numbers. You saw, especially in that second half, there were times when the ball would go up and they'd just be like, oh, we'll send one or two people. Everyone else just stay back. How are you going to catch that on a counter? You're not. That's the whole point of defending in numbers is to not get caught on the counter. Anyway, right. Uh, <laughs> right that, that's the decision you make as RGV. It's... We are going to forego trying to score so that we do not get scored on. Yeah. And we'll pick our moments to go forward if we can see a, a moment to find. And it was the, they had a shot from midfield that almost went in. I thought it was in in live time. It was incredibly close. I thought as the ball came off his foot, I was concerned looking down from the RGV press box. I was concerned that that was very very close and i you could tell immediately like rocker's not gonna get to this um anyway anyway um but <sighs> no michael but that's why it's so difficult to score with so many guys playing deep that's why that's why in my opinion having taller players when a team is sitting back is pretty much the only way you can go about it because you need to get the ball in the air, you need a cross, and you need to whip it back across the face of goal. Get the ball moving quickly, get defenders moving side to side, find those little pockets. But it's very hard because you have to be perfect and it has to be one touch. And, and it's that's why it's so difficult. But at the same time, uh, if you play like that, like RGV, they're not going to score either. That That is that is the, the balance of it. I feel like Michael is really kind of riling us up a little bit here. He's still, upset, okay. the, he's still upset about the loss of Spurs. He probably is. He that probably Max is, is. You're here for Max here to, to celebrate. Yeah. I'm doing it for you, Max. He's doing it for you. But you know what? If you need to chill out, I don't know. Why, why, why are we talking about Atlantean? <laughs> <laughs> why have we got? Uh, why have we got someone in here chatting about Atlanta United and Atlanta United too? Anyway, but right. If if you do need to, if Michael's getting you too riled up here, and you do need to chill out a little bit. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. They got the mixed bags. You got the fruits, the red apple, the watermelon, and the peach. You got the creams, the blackberries and cream, the orange cream skill, the peaches and cream. Those bags, those mixed bags, you can actually, you know, we've got a, a special deal on at the moment. Uh, so being a PHNX listener, just got a whole lot sweeter. Thanks to our buds at OG's Brands right now through August 31st. You can get 25% off 100 milligram bags of the fruits and the creams at all Arizona The Flower Shop locations. All you have to do is go to theflowershopusa.com, place an online order, and use discount code PHNX at the checkout. Then head to your nearest The Flower Shop location to pick up. That's right. This deal is exclusive to our PHNX listeners. And reminder, it's available only for online orders that are picked up in person and jake you, you might want to go and uh make the most of this when you get off here but discount code phnx is active until august the 31st so go on don't miss out and uh get around to flavoring life with ogs yeah jake are you gonna make the most of that one i might he might we'll see he might he's not committing right now but rumor has it he may be about to go out and go on his uh, laptop when he gets off the show. But anyway, something else you can take advantage of, of course, Valley Tap Room. If the club happens to cancel a watch party again, Valley Tap Room. <laughs> Uh, it's a great place to go and watch games. I know we've had people out there before. We had the watch party, the doubleheader watch party, actually, with the uh, U.S. Women's National Team, Phoenix Rising. I'm sure Max will have something in the works at some point soon. Get people out. Get people there drinking again. They've got a great beer selection, 30-odd beers there. They've got wine around the corner as well, some really good stuff there. Uh, they've got a small kind of snack menu there as well, and they, there's other places to eat around there. It's a really great time. We always have a good time there with Donald drinking lots of beers as we normally do on a Tuesday if we don't have a podcast we often head on down there and do trivia maybe next week I don't know we'll have to see we'll have to see next week's going to be a bit of a weird one but we'll see we'll see uh so Valley Tapering they've also got happy hour as well uh there's often karaoke there there's loads of fun stuff they do there make sure go and check them out on Instagram Valley Taproom and visit them off the 202 and 
Gilbert's right. Let's have a look around USL. Let's have a look. Have a look around USL. There's a few games coming up tomorrow. Half of the Athletic taking on Pittsburgh Riverhounds. What are we thinking? Pittsburgh going to bounce back from that Orange County loss? Pittsburgh's at home. I don't know how you beat Well, they did it at Hartford, this game. Probably. Hartford's abysmal. <laughs> Cracking <laughs> insight from Jake They're, they're not good. What do you want me to say? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Maybe Legion now. They're going up to Tulsa. It's also a side that have struggled as of recent. Uh, Birmingham Legion, of course, you know, getting a... Uh, a result recently. Well, they've been all right, I think. They've been a really weird up and down team, though, haven't they, Legion? Yeah, they started off great, and now they're kind of all over the place. But Tulsa is very inconsistent. I, I don't know who shows up, what version of Tulsa shows up. I, I take Legion in that, but... It's hard to... Not with a great deal of confidence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you've got Mark Lowry's India 11 side heading to Memphis. Another team... I mean, Memphis have been pretty inconsistent as well at times this year. Indy seems to be on the up. That'd be a good game, actually. Indeed, that is actually the uh, the game of the week on the radio side. And, uh, of course, the token Western Conference matchup here, New Mexico United hosting Oakland Roots. So here's the question, really. As you look at that game, who, well, what result do you think there is the best for Phoenix Rising? Draw. Draw, you've got both sides dropping points. I, I'm leaning towards, I think anything other than New Mexico win is a reasonable result for Phoenix Rising. Because yes, Oakland will start to pull away a little bit more maybe if they win. But Where's the, the games thing, in hand? One of them does. Uh, New Mexico, I believe, do. I believe it's New Mexico have the game in hand there. But it, to me, the key thing more than anything is you want to see teams like New Mexico, teams like RGV, Monterey Bay, that are right down there near the bottom. I mean, again, Oakland Roots are at present five points ahead, same games played as... Um, Phoenix Rising, whereas New Mexico United do indeed have one game in hand. They're currently three points behind Phoenix Rising. To me, if I'm looking at that game right there, I think that e even an Oakland win, I think if you're Phoenix Rising, is not the worst of results because, yeah, it's three points in the bag for them, but then you've still got a game in hand over them, so you can, you can make that back up. New Mexico United winning that game, or drawing even, drawing in that game, they're only two points behind you, same games played. That's starting to get tighter again. I, I feel as though we're getting to that point in the season whereby I'm more concerned about not making the playoffs and getting in that top four. I wouldn't even think about the top four at this point. There we go. And you there also need to start rooting for the teams at the top of the table to win every game. Sacramento, San Antonio. You, you need them to yeah. beat everybody else. Help you yeah. out. I mean, I've said it on here before, but every time you see an East against West matchup, it's about time you start hoping the Eastern teams are, are picking up those points because you just need them leaking out, especially if it's not a San Antonio or a Sacramento who they, they're gone. They're well gone. You know, you're not in a competition with them anymore until come playoff time. Um, you need those teams to be picking up the points. Meanwhile, another bit of uh, USL Championship news here, and there was... A transfer today. We'll get into this, I'm sure, more on Thursday. But there is a move here. Tavo attacker Preston leaving Las Vegas Lights. He's gone to Birmingham Legion. He was Lights' top scorer. And uh, he's gone now. He's gone to Legion. So what does that say about Las Vegas Lights? Are they? You think they're giving up on the season at this point? When I saw that, when I saw the news, I literally thought to myself, "Good for him. He gets to, he gets out of there and gets to go play for." He does though. He gets to like, play for an actual football team. He gets team to play for a team that circus, actually yeah. that a actually plays. Yeah. B that will make the playoffs. But but C like, it's like Vegas. Whatever the, whatever that show that they're putting on is like, you actually get to play for a proper team now. Yeah. Like, like Danny knows what it is. And that's when and he played for the LAFC two version of them as well. Like mm -hmm. I can't imagine doing that, traveling to LA to to practice and then coming to Vegas to play games in in that stadium. I feel with like those you're looking at MLS and, Next Pro and playing in front of nobody and go, yes, please. The great Cashman Field. <laughs> that's 
<laughs> you compare those. I mean, it's it's not really not really comparable. You know what? There's there's one bit as well. This one outside of USL. We should probably give it a shot. Of course, the Women's World Cup final taking place on Sunday, and uh, England didn't win. Oh, what a shame! It's never coming home. It's never coming. Home. I hope not. I hope not. But uh, England have indeed now gone home after losing that game. Meanwhile, I mean... Mama FC, seriously. uh, I tell you what, it was... It's... It's interesting how you get to the end of a game like that. And normally, right, I'm the first one to... I I am happy there, enjoying, watching England lose. Always. Always, right? I mean, I tweeted this on Sunday morning that it was taking a lot of restraint for me to not start uh, going out with the Englands, going home and waking the whole of the hotel up. But at the same time... It feels as though we can't have nice things, can we? Shout out to Jose Bosch as well uh, for winning the uh, winning our Women's World Cup competition. Uh, What's he win, by the, the way? Uh, Max is getting some stuff. Oh, okay. We Max is uh, putting a prize pack together of some variety. Are you mailing it You'll to him? You'll have to ask Max. Uh, I can't give you those details. I don't know. Okay. You'll have to ask Max. Rumor has it, maybe if this stuff he can't mail, he'll just have to give it to you instead, perhaps. Ooh, this okay. Tribute. No, um, <laughs> I, he's, he's absolutely going to hate me for saying that one, but I'll say it nonetheless. Um, but it feels as though, like, England, you see them losing. Of course, you can't have nice things. The Spanish is a side that... It's just embroiled in controversy going into the game, even more so since. I mean, it's just awful that that is overshadowing what was... I mean, from pretty much everyone you read, say it was a phenomenal game of football. And it's overshadowed by inappropriate actions from a senior federation... uh, I mean, it's the president in this case, isn't it? Yeah. Who is now effectively having... The top man. ...being yeah. criticized by the prime minister of their country, by multiple other people, by the world at large, uh, FIFA accepted, who apparently haven't yet bothered to even say anything, uh, for actions that were just completely, it, uh, honestly, unforgivable in those moments. It's weird. It's 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 weird, man. Like, straight up, I, I, I get there are some cultural differences, but... Um, yeah, but not that. You know, and I was about to say... <laughs> Like, like I'm Italian, right? We kiss each other on the cheek, mm-hmm. but on the lips, national stage in a moment that's probably one of the best moments of her entire life. I would have to assume. I, I, I mean, there could be others, but it, it's you won the World Cup. It's the pinnacle of any player's career. You, man t- or you woman. took that moment away from her. Yeah, right. And and like you said, now that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the fact that Spain won the World Cup. We're talking about the fact that their president kissed their player on the lips. During the metal, pretty forcibly as well. During yeah. the metal celebration, right? Like it's, it's just an all-around, just awkward, weird, messed-up situation. Um, you you hope things go the way they should, but as we've seen from FIFA, um, and I don't even know legally if any, like who's in charge, right? Like like this is the whole thing with FIFA. Like they're not governed by any. Like they are just—it's Swiss law, and that's about it. Yeah, a, but Swiss law is—it's like incredibly, a private. It's yeah. like a private company that. In, it's like a private government, effectively. Says, in a yeah, lot of essentially, ways. Yeah, like, they, like there's no one that's going to come down with a hammer and be like, "You're, you're, you have to resign or you have to do this." And the problem is then, if the Spanish government start getting quite heavy-handed, FIFA start getting heavy-handed to them about, "Well, you can't do that and try and remove him." Look, it, it was. I don't expect anything to happen, and that's sad that's, to that say. That is itself. disappointing. I, I mean, but I only, wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> the, the thing about it, right, is the only way I see anything happening, and this is unfortunate, is he won't be taken down for the fact that he's done those things. He'll be taken down because other people who will think that it is politically opportune to take him down will use this as an excuse to take him down. But it won't be because he's done something wrong. It'll be because of people such as a certain former Spanish international goalkeeper who was once running against him in the presidential race for that particular association uh, is now tweeting about how it's disgusting and needs to step down. But it doesn't feel genuine. It's just politics again. And and unfortunately, this is the way that 
I mean, I mean, it, it makes you wonder, of course, because again, you go into this tournament and there was all the fuss around Spanish players, some of whom refusing to go there. And I mean, how much does that take to to refuse a call up to to refuse to take part in the in the national team going into a World Cup because of disagreements won. around the coach? They still end up winning it. Winning it the tells whole you about thing. the talent on that team, the talent that the players have, and especially again, you see the football they're playing, and it is. I mean, it's it's classic Spain, right? It's just possession football. They will pass you to death and they will find a way to win. Death by a thousand passes. Exactly, but it works. And just, again, to have all of this completely overshadowed by everything that they have going into the tournament and all the issues of the coach, then you have the, the whole, like, you know, the... Spanish Federation Twitter tweeting out after the game as well, the Vilda Inn, which is just feels like a an incredibly unnecessary jab at players who, including some of those who played in this game, ultimately were protesting against him at times. Um and and then everything else that happens afterwards. It's just it's just made an utter, utter shambles of something that should be, in all honesty, just again, it's the pinnacle of those players' careers after winning the World Cup. I mean, you're, you're a world champion, right? That's How many players do you know who, who never, who have reached incredibly high heights and never get the chance to say things like that? Who well, don't get a chance to play in that Don't game. even get, exactly. I mean, look at, look at from just from a Phoenix Rising perspective, look at Didier Drogba. Yeah. He never got to play in that game. Yeah. And, and she gets to play in that game. She wins that game. What did he say? I know it's a, through a translation, but he said he was caught up in the moment. Oh, it's that kind of... Right? And I'm yeah. sure and I'm sure he's not sober, right? Oh, he uh, didn't look sober. Which doesn't help. Oh, he looked like he was completely off his face. And so it's time. just... Yeah, and, and, and I think the sad part is, is I don't expect anything to happen. No. And then... And, and, and I don't agree with it. I don't think it's right, but it's the fact that we've gotten to this point to where it's just like who is in charge mm -hmm. there there really is no governing body and it would have to be like you said opportunistic politics to to do it um which is possible in this day and age so i guess we'll see but yeah it, it's it's just unfortunate that the pinnacle of their careers that team everything that they had gone through coming into the tournament itself is now all overshadowed by their FA president. Yeah. Well, that's a lovely negative point to end on, but uh, that's pretty much where we are starting to draw to our conclusion. Make sure again, of course, we'll be back on Thursday, 6 o'clock. You know where, you know when. We'll be talking about Las Vegas Lights and how they, they move on now, of course, with their uh, top goal scorer having left. How they're going to come out, what we're going to expect to see, how we should expect phoenix rising to try and take them down of course remember if you are not making the trip up to vegas you can catch the phnx rising pregame show on arizona's family sports we'll be there half hour before the start of that game against vegas on saturday and of course you can explore not just phnx rising but looking around the entire phnx landscape here we've got a lot of stuff going on across all of our beats, make sure to check out gophnx.com. You can sign up as well to be a diehard, join the Discord, check out some exclusive content from different beats. All the teams are covering them, all the Cardinals, the Suns, the D-backs, of course, as we've got producer uh, Sean here is, uh, I'm sure, going to tell us about the D-backs. Are they back? Are they back, Sean? Uh, we are indeed back. They are Zach indeed Allen back. Allen had three strikeouts in the first inning, um, and PHNX D-Bus will be live as soon as that game's over. So there we go. The D-backs are back. The D-Backs are back. You can, of course, get merch as well. We've got plenty of merch. Check it out at the PHNX Locker. Go to phnxlocker.com. All right. Well, Jake, thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Swing in here. And uh, I'm sure we're going to see you again on Thursday, yeah? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So uh, make sure to join us again on Thursday at 6 o'clock. And until then, remember, when you're ready to say cheers, don't forget Max is buying beers.